Hello, welcome to the GID podcast series. I'm Paris and I'll be speaking to my fellow designers about the pressing global problems that keep them up at night and the clever and creative ways they're trying to tackle them. Hi, welcome to episode seven of the GID podcast. Today I'm here with Ava Oosterlaken, she's from the Netherlands. She's a designer bred in strategy, design and society. She's interested in design for social innovation, democracy and education participation. So over to you, Ava, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, do you want to give a bit of background on like who you are? What did you do before GID? Uh, sure. Hey, Paris. Uh, good to see you again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my background uh, before doing GID is that uh, I studied industrial design uh, at the Delft University of Technology. Um, and then I came to GID uh, basically to find out why I'm designing and what better things I can do with it. Cool, I think that's a good reason to come. How, how has that been? Has it been a success? Um, yeah, I've definitely <laughs> learned a lot. <laughs> um, and do you want to talk a bit more about your project? So just to give us a quick intro. Sure, so uh, the final project I did um, is called Citizens in the Making, and it's a online tool that can help young people start with social action or other forms of civic participation. So basically, there's many different ways uh, that you can be engaged and that you can take part in social action. Uh, and so this tool kind of shows all the different ways that you could do that. And then there's kind of a personality test that you can take to find out what really matches with your own uh, skills and interests uh, and what you'd like it to do. And then after that, the tool can recommend different actions uh, and existing opportunities to you. Cool. Um, and when I think of Ava, I think of beautiful illustrations. Her work is illustrated so lovely. I love all of her visual design and the work looks amazing. Um, so I can always tell Ava's work. Uh, so what's the goal of the project? What's the big vision idea? <laughs> right. <laughs> So there's kind of a lot behind it, but basically I um, did a, a longer kind of social innovation project uh, and it was to address the lack of youth civic engagement. And so in the UK, there's kind of these like notoriously low numbers for like how many young people turn out to vote and how engaged they are. Uh, and there's also a lot of like negative stereotypes, um, you know, thinking that people are, or young people are lazy or, you know, just disinterested. Uh, but actually, like, I found that a lot of young people are, you know, very aware of different social issues, the whole global situation, you know, they're, um, and they really want to help out with those things. And so basically, while I, my project was aiming to address kind of this, or to bridge this gap between these young people that really want to help, but then a lot of the existing opportunities not being so accessible or being more kind of traditional. Um, as well as, you know, showing young people that like really anyone can do something and it's really personal. There's not really one way to do it. Right. So a lot of people question like, oh, am I really the right person to be like helping out with this? Like they don't maybe feel so confident. Um, so yeah, that's the aim of it is to have, you know, to maybe that someone then after using this tool thinks, yeah, maybe I can do this. Like, this is something for me. Cool. And you mentioned a bit about like the personality test. So what is the tool? What does it look like? Yeah. So there's like, uh, I developed nine different 
citizen type, so they're just, uh, yeah, they're nicely illustrated. <laughs> um, but you have uh, some examples are like you have like for example the representative, the creator, um, the innovator, um, you know, the advocate. So there's all these these different ones, and then the test is just like 15 questions, super quick. Um, quite fun, and then it, it, it kind of gives you a recommendation um, to which types you're, you, you're most like and which ones. Cool. And which type are you? Not to put you on pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you had pressure. to do one, what would you be? I think I'm between like the inventor, because like obviously design, uh, mm-hmm. but also maybe the educator, because I, I really care about, uh, about yeah, educating other people. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Karen? Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to join you on that. Can I be an innovator? Um, that sounds yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I cool. Think that fits you. Yeah, good. Um, so how would you define youth civic engagement? Because when we've spoken about this before, it's like within these kind of um, projects, there's lots of not buzzwords, but like terminology that maybe people wouldn't use in like everyday conversation. So I'd love for you to just like define what it is to you. Yeah, that's such a good question. And this was something that was so confusing in my project because like these words like social action, civic engagement, civic participation, you know, they're all kind of the same thing. Uh, but the way I would define it is just any kind of action uh, that you can do. Uh, so something that you're actively doing um, to help um, with something. So to make some kind of impact. So that could be like voting or signing a petition, but it could also be like, volunteering or even just you know mentoring someone those could all be different ways basically cool um and like i said when i think of ava i think of illustrations and also lots of post-it notes and lots of mood boards um and collages and um lots of different tools that you use in your process so i would love for you to i've kind of given a taster but to talk more about your process as a um designer like what's your methodology sure yeah thanks for that question yeah, because I definitely don't want it to seem like I just made this all up. <laughs> but, well, maybe I did. But. <laughs> yeah, so I think I really like working on kind of these complex problems, like the lack of, you know, um, youth civic engagement. Uh, and so what I think is really important is to look at a problem like that from multiple perspectives. So you can look at it, for example, from a government perspective, but then also you know, what do young people themselves think about this topic? And what are the words that you're, they're using to talk about it? Uh, so definitely one thing that I like to do is in my research is to get an understanding from all of those perspectives and then get a new idea about what the problem actually is. Because um, often the way the problem is described isn't really the core of it. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one thing that I like to do. And then also while designing, I think it's really important to involve the audience within the design process. So I like using different co-creation methods uh, and things as well. Cool. Um, and you mentioned the final output. Like what other things did you consider or why did you kind of choose to go with a tool for your um, output? Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, so I actually discovered there's like loads of things that we could do to help with this problem. Uh, and I think uh, that the reason why I chose this direction is what I could do personally in kind of a two month time period. So I like building online tools and I like making things fun and accessible. And so that's kind of why I went that direction. Um, but I also discovered there's lots of other things that um, would be really great to do, but that's maybe 
more in collaboration with people in government or people in education um, to also, you know, increase the amount of opportunities that there are for young people. Cool. And with the tool, um, did you, like, where do you see it fitting in? Is it something that you just do on your own? Or have you, like, partnered with schools? Or, like, how do you imagine people accessing this? Yes. So right now I'm just making it accessible on the internet. Uh, but there's two main kind of, um, how do you say, channels for mm -hmm. uh, people to maybe start engaging with it. So the first would be through social media. So uh, making these like really fun looking images that people can share so that then maybe, you know, it can become something that young people themselves would want to do. But another channel could be to integrate it within uh, like secondary education. So there already are some citizenship education type modules. And so it could be a, a good way to kind of bring the topic of citizenship within the classroom mm -hmm. uh, as well and to show how it could be relevant. Uh, and that could also be a great way to get young people who are maybe not already interested in these topics to uh, interact with it. Mm -hmm. And so for my project as well, I was looking at lots of different personality tests. And is it Myers-Briggs is like the big one where you find out like the different types of feeling and thinking and type of person you are. Um, but I find personality tests really interesting because it's like obviously you can't be completely defined by just like a few questions that you answer. Right. Um, and so right. what do you what do you think about that? Like, how do you think they should be used? And like, what do you think of the pros and cons? Yeah, this is such a good question. And I, I thought about this so much because I was like, if I then make a personality test, then it feels like you're maybe putting people into categories, which is not necessarily the goal. Um, I think it's like uh, a personality test. I think it's kind of dangerous to use whenever you're making like decisions based on that. So you're saying like, oh, someone takes a test and then their type is like the representative. And now they're only allowed to mm -hmm. do representative opportunities. But I think when they're used as a tool for, you know, self-discovery, um, then it's, it, it can be positive as well because it can just make it more fun and interesting. And a lot of people want to know more about themselves, right? So that can be a reason why they would get interested in these kind of things when it's personal to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why I decided to go for it. Yeah. And I think there's obviously definitely something in almost like it's a gamified thing almost because like you see something that you relate to and it's really interesting to find out about and so I yes. think that um like these kinds of tests are really good for kind of conveying information in a more fun way I guess um and sort of like opening the conversation like would you necessarily have read up on these 12 different personalities had you not done the <laughs> test and then it's interesting and then you go through and you read them and then you get your friends to do it um, and so I think they're good at like triggering conversation. Yes, 100%. I think they're great starting points. Like I think if you only took the test and that's it, then maybe you don't really get as much out of it. But if that becomes the entry point to you learning more about a topic, then I think it's like a great uh, vehicle to do that. Yeah. yeah. And where can you imagine? So you do the test, you get your result. Um, what do you hope that like people will then go on to do based on that? So like, is it, do you yeah. have kind of like quite tangible outcomes where you like want them to be involved in this project or that project or what do you see them doing after the tests? Yeah, so I, what I really hope, <laughs> and it's hard to, to measure this, but what I really hope is that it can maybe increase someone's confidence a little bit. So I don't really think that, you know, you have to hand someone like 
you know, an opportunity on a silver platter, right? Because a lot of um, social action is really self-directed and people get more out of it when it is self-directed. So my hope is that it could help someone, you know, feel like, oh, maybe I can do something and it gives them that push to then do the research and see, okay, what is actually in my, in my local area? Uh, and to think about what do I actually care about? And then to, you know, reach out and, and go forward. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that's like the hope, but mm -hmm. of course it, uh, it, there's, it's a very long process. So yeah. I can't, with the one intervention, I can't manage that. Yeah. Sure. I think it's interesting. You said like, it's hard to measure. I think all of these problems, um, are so complex and sometimes quite hard to get like stakeholders to buy in because they are really hard to measure. And I think like some of the most important things are difficult to measure so then it means that like we don't really work on them as much because it's harder to see the impact that you're having but those are the most interesting projects so like it's kind of like a catch-22 <laughs> yeah. um so lots of your projects have been around social innovation um I know some of your things from New York as well um what does social innovation mean to you as a designer yeah I yeah I definitely think it's different for everyone but I would say it's um it's creating new kind of products, but it can also be initiatives or new ways of thinking uh, to address social issues. And to me, this also means like not just um, designing, let's say a project to that strives for social equity, but also building design processes that, that strive for that. So mm -hmm. that makes it really hard, but like, I think it's, a, you can't really design for participation, which is what my project is about, without then having a participatory design process, sure. if, you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and how else do you think, like, what changes need to be made to help people participate? Um, like, obviously, you kind of need the structure and the um, community to back it. Like, what changes do you think kind of need to be made? Yeah, I think... Well, definitely loads. <laughs> so we need a lot of Big questions. thinking about these questions. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I would say like mm, within education, I think there's a big opportunity uh, to, you know, have uh, conversations about these topics. I know and a lot of people are not just interested in, you know, just getting work, but getting work that they feel like has a purpose. And so where is that purpose part? You know, when do you talk about this when, um, when you're in education? Uh, and then I also think there's a really big role for government to kind of increase transparency and accessibility and to maybe also provide more funding for like local initiatives. Mm -hmm. And so to, yeah, I don't know, a lots of stuff, but I think like those are some, some key points. Yeah. Um, what do you think makes it difficult when you're trying to design for social impact, I guess, like lots of the things you mentioned, but specifically for you, like what challenges have you found? Yeah, uh, a lot. You've probably found this too yeah. <laughs> with your project. But I think to me, like when we started looking into like social impact, you know, like just the fact that you're like, as a designer, you're intervening can feel a bit like difficult because it's like oh am I really helping with the situation and how do you be how can you be sensitive about it but then still you know um, design products and uh, still put things out there so I think that's one of the hardest things for me uh, and then another really hard thing is I think engagement 
because you can like want to involve people in your design projects and like that's really great but then doing it it's just so hard uh, because often just even engaging the people that you want you know is difficult like you have to make it fun and accessible and they have to have time for it and the resources so it's 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 very hard and it's often hardest to reach the people that you most need to reach so it's just yeah it's definitely definitely um, I think like my entire project is on youth engagement and I guess it's the thing with everything like you can have the best idea in the world but if the people that you're designing it for like aren't interested or engaged with your proposition then it's like completely pointless and so I think one of the things that I've found is like you mentioned before, working with the user to kind of design whatever it is that you're going to do. And I think this um, concept of ownership, so like making them um, kind of own whatever it is that you're creating. And I think that's like one of the most sincere ways to get people engaged in these types of issues, um, rather than us coming in as designers, like we've noticed you have a social problem here and we're <laughs> going to come and help you design it and make it look really nice. Um, and I think it's a huge conversation in design like there's so many examples of design projects that look incredible in people's portfolios and then when you actually get deep into it you realize it didn't have that much impact on the people it was designing for Um, and I think particularly within the public services it's really difficult because there's so many different people and cogs to um, look at so yeah I also think like yeah, like we're, we often have a lot of pressure that gets put on us, I think, as designers. And you already see this in design school, right? Like you have to have, you know, an output, a product, and there's often tight deadlines. And it's more kind of focused on like, you know, do you have something that's like pitch ready and like, yeah, looks great and sounds great. And, and less sometimes, yeah, less time will be given to actually <laughs> the core of like engaging people so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um I'm aware that I'm kind of doing this backwards it should have been one of the key things we started with but it just occurred to me <laughs> I think these types of um problems we hear a lot from people high up on this space or like the policy makers um and people like that but they're not so much from the young people themselves um and I'm wondering like what you found from your user research of like conversations you had if there anything interesting that came up uh yeah i think that's definitely something that i also found and i think yeah so what a main thing is that there seems to be a lot of initiatives and programs that are all about you know youth voice and including young people in those conversations and there's a lot of like companies as well that want to do that but then the biggest problem is that it's not really youth led so usually it's kind of like oh there's a project and then you know they approach young people for it and then they talk and then like that's it (laughs) and then there's not really kind of a feedback loop and it's not really something that's coming from young people themselves Uh, and so I kind of decided in my project to not focus so much on that so how to help like organizations talk to young people but to focus rather on you know building efficacy within young people themselves um, so they can yeah grow up to propose initiatives or or to so that it comes more from them yeah um yeah um and was there anything surprising about what you learned when you spoke to young people versus maybe what you were reading about like policies or like the press even every like you said everybody thinks that like young people don't care and we're reckless but I think you discovered that's completely opposite yeah I think like 
well, one thing that I think is really interesting, because definitely, like, a lot of the, like, policy papers, like, uh, they're written by, you know, maybe people in, like, their 60s, right? So they don't really have a clue of kind of the life of on social media. But what I thought was really, I, and that was, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was, like, not even that surprising. Like, I kind of expect that. But what I thought was surprising is that um, our age group, so, like, if you're looking at teenagers and then people who are like 25, um, when they, that they actually think most out of all age groups that um, teenagers care the most about like padding their CVs. So they're only doing it to like get into uni or something. Right. And I thought that was really funny because that more reflects maybe our own experiences when we were that age. And it may be something that has already changed just over the span of, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. Um, and we're going to need to end soon, but I just thought like it wouldn't be right not to kind of delve into this as well. So obviously at the moment we've seen huge, um, youth engagement with the Black Lives Matter movement. And so I think like, what do you think about how maybe, um, young people are getting more engaged because of this or how that's going to continue to trickle through? Like, do you see this being sustained engagement? Yeah, sustained, that's a good question. But I think yes. My hope is yes. Yeah. I think I get really like motivated and optimistic. I mean, obviously like terrible things have happened, but from just the response and how much engagement there is and also because of like coronavirus, kind of this renewed interest in, you know, becoming engaged in public life and having a voice and realizing that not having a voice is like not ideal. I think that's definitely really promising uh for the future because yeah it does need to come intrinsically so it's right. great that we're already seeing it now yeah um and just before we finish where do you see your project going now like how are you developing it what's happening right <laughs> so i so right now i'm launching um kind of a beta version on july 15th and so i'd love for people to try it out and get feedback uh, and then I'd love to, um, after that, see if I can develop it either in partnership with an organization um, or perhaps more for the classroom context. Uh, because at this point, I, I can't do this alone, right? I need to uh, see if I can embed it in something that's existing uh, to put out there. Sure. I'm excited for the release, the beta release. <laughs> um, <laughs> Me too. You can and take I, the test and find out for real. <laughs> perfect. Um, and I'm sure um, people are going to want to see these beautiful illustrations that I've been talking about. So where can people find you? Um, Instagram, portfolio, where's best to contact you? Yeah, so uh, for the project, um, there's an Instagram at Citizens in the Making, and then you can... Um, to see the beta version of the site on citizensinthemaking.com and then if you go there now you can also contact me and fill in a um register or you can register your interest and things like that amazing thank you so much ava it was super super interesting cool <laughs> bye see ya bye absolutely love speaking to Ava so I hope you enjoyed the episode too. I really really resonate with everything she says about education and youth engagement so definitely go and check out her tool. 
Next up, I'll be speaking to Malvika about designing for cancer care, and she'll be sharing her own personal experiences too, so make sure you check that out, it's a really, really good episode. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you listen to the rest of the episodes in the series where I've been speaking to other GID students about their projects, covering things from sustainability, to education, to designing for communities, um, lots and lots going on, so make sure you listen to those. And of course you can find us at the virtual RCA show, the link is in the bio. My name's Paris, you can find me at Paris and O'Shea on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed the series.